Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. This is the best of the Mark Levin Show, where we honor our fallen heroes on this Memorial Day and every day. There was a piece in Politico a year or so ago, and welcome, by the way, that that reported the fusion of George Soros and Charles Koch. Charles Koch being a libertarian. Um, and George Soros being what George Soros is, in my view, an anti-American. And remember, I've talked to you before about how the isolationists seem to have voices on the radical left and among this weird Putin romanticizing right. And they do overlap. And so they put this group together, this so-called nonprofit, the Quincy Group. And the position of Charles Koch and George Soros is to effectively, quote-unquote, keep America out of endless wars. And now you hear this propaganda throughout the media with a handful of senators and House members. And they act like we're the ones creating war situations. Now, to oppose this kind of passivity and pacifism and isolationism is not to support endless wars or radical interventionism, is not to support necessarily a Lindsey Graham or sort of a McCain type of attitude, which is interventionism now, interventionism yesterday, interventionism today. No. Some of you are too young to really remember Ronald Reagan. Or, because of all the propaganda you're hearing, 
some of you don't know what he stood for or what the Reagan doctrine stood for. You see, up until Ronald Reagan, Democrats and Republicans alike in Washington, D.C., took on the attitude of FDR and Truman, which was to sort of, uh, when it came to the Soviet Union and other major enemies, the status quo, to contain them. Contain them. But Reagan's position was you can't contain them. They're spreading into Africa. They're spreading into our hemisphere in violation of the Monroe Doctrine. And so while we play the game of containment, they play the game of confrontation. So the Reagan Doctrine is based on a principle that you go on the offensive. Wisely, prudently, but no more containment. And he was therefore considered, particularly by Washington and the Republican establishment, as you can imagine, by the Putinoids today, as uh, wildly out of control. And they used the word, interestingly enough, escalation, as you hear the Putinoids, isolationists, pacifists of today. They use the same word, escalation. Reagan's going to escalate. They also said that the Soviet Union would use its nukes against the United States and its allies. So you're getting basically a regurgitation of the arguments that were used by the Democrat and Republican establishments in Washington, D.C., even though the Putinoids pretend that they're somehow plowing new ground. They're not plowing new ground. These were the arguments that were made by the likes of Jimmy Carter. by the likes of George McGovern that are made by the likes today of a Bernie Sanders. And Reagan would have rejected all of it. As Donald Trump has rejected, if not all of it, a lot of it. I just want you to hear a relatively short compilation of some of the things Reagan said during his presidency, an enormously successful presidency, where he got enormous popular votes, won the Electoral College, numbers never seen before since probably George Washington, and had a fantastically successful foreign policy. Take a listen. This is from... Again, a group of his speeches, just clips from his speeches, some of his best speeches against tyranny. Cut 24, go. And to every person trapped in tyranny, whether in the Ukraine, Hungary, Czechoslovakia, Cuba, or Vietnam, we send our love and support and tell them they are not alone. message must be your struggle is our struggle your dream is our dream and someday you too will be free as as Pope John Paul told his beloved Poles we are blessed by divine heritage we are children of God and we cannot be slaves history shows that it is precisely when totalitarian regimes begin to decay from within 
It is precisely when they feel the first real stirrings of domestic unrest that they seek to reassure their own people of their vast and unchallengeable power through imperialistic expansion or foreign adventure. So the era ahead of us is one that will see grave challenges and be fraught with danger. Yet it's one that I firmly believe will end in the triumph of the civilized world and the supremacy of its beliefs in individual liberty, representative government, and the rule of law under God. why we must now summon all the nations of the world to a crusade for freedom and a global campaign for the rights of the individual. I look at you and I know I'm looking at people who have seen and suffered the full gamut of totalitarian terror. Some of you lost friends and loved ones in your struggles and some of you risk your lives and all your earthly belongings and you will bear scars for the rest of your life. You are men and women of courage, heroes who have devoted a lifetime to struggle for God's greatest gift, for freedom. And for that, I can only say I'm honored to be here with you today, and I'll be proud to stand by you always. Today, the goals of our foreign policy are the same as they have been for the last four decades. We stand against totalitarianism, particularly imperialist expansionist totalitarianism. We are for democracy and human rights, and we are for a worldwide prosperity that only free economies can give, and the pursuit of human happiness that only political freedom allows. Tyrants tyrannize because that's what they do for a living, but the ungodly force called tyranny still cannot rid the human soul of its freedom no matter how hard it may try. Tyrants can defy the benefits of, or deny the benefits, I should say, of freedom to their peoples, can kill freedom by killing free people. But freedom itself they cannot have. For one thing, people like you won't allow it, nor will that higher being allow it. Our greatest freedom, the freedom to choose right from wrong, cannot be willed away by the tyrants. For God has given all humankind the gift of knowing right from wrong and the responsibility to choose between them. This, my friends, is the essence of freedom, that we follow the biblical admonition, I have set before you life and death, therefore choose life. That tyranny is a parasite that saps the strength of a nation in its sway, that like those who lived under Macbeth's tyranny, the tyrannized millions will ever cry out, our country sinks beneath the yoke, it weeps, it bleeds, and each new day, a gash is added to her wounds. Tyranny fails, freedom works. These facts, so little accepted only a decade ago, are now indisputable. To all those trapped in tyranny, wherever they may be, let us speak with one voice, not as Republicans or Democrats, but as Americans, saying, you are not alone. Your dreams are not in vain. Hold on to your dreams because the tide of the future is a freedom tide and totalitarianism cannot hold it back. You can imagine how Reagan and his speeches would be treated today by the Putin wing of the Republican Party and the Putin wing of the Democrat Party and the Putinoids in the media. He'd be denounced. 
You'd be trashed. All right. As Lee Edwards, one of the great conservatives, and Elizabeth Spalding put in their book A Brief History of the Cold War, when Reagan took over, within the free world, the Atlantic Alliance was strained to counter the deployment of the late 70s of Soviet SS-20 intermediate-range nuclear missiles. Aimed at major European cities, NATO proposed a dual-track approach. Negotiations to remove the missiles and the deployment of U.S. Pershing II and cruise missiles aimed at Soviet cities. The latter sparked a popular movement in Western Europe, aided and abetted by the Kremlin to freeze NATO's deployment of nuclear weapons, and Western European governments wavered in the resolve to counter the Soviets, even on their own soil. Reagan put the deployment of the U.R. missiles at the center of his new foreign policy. He forged a close friendship with British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher and sought the support of other Western European leaders, particularly Chancellor Helmut Kohl of West Germany. Unlike the so-called foreign policy realists who viewed all regimes through the same lens, and you have an interesting sort of perverse juxtaposition today with the isolationist pacifist Putin wing of the Republican Party, among others, is actually part of the old so-called realist wing of the Republican Party and the Washington establishment. It was Reagan who stirred the pot and changed our position from hapless to on the offense. Reagan placed regime differences at the heart of his understanding of the Cold War. With his modest Illinois roots and biblical Christian faith learned from his mother, he emerged as a screen star and a committed anti-communist, fighting communist efforts to take over the Hollywood trade unions in the post-war period. Poor eyesight kept him stateside with the Army during World War II, but his varied experiences contributed to his application of the need for military strength. Two terms as Republican governor of California confirmed his conservative pro-freedom political views. Unlike Truman, he sought in the circumstances of the 1980s not merely to contain the Soviet Union, but to defeat it. Reagan endorsed the strategy and insights of NSC 68 shortly after that key document of the Truman administration was declassified and published in 1975, devoting several of his radio commentaries to it. Also in the 1970s, he, recalled, he called for reductions, not limitations, in U.S. and Soviet armaments through verifiable agreements. He identified as central weaknesses of the Soviet bloc the denial of religious freedom and the inability to provide consumer goods. He stressed that Pope John Paul II's trip to Poland in 1979 revealed that communist atheism, ruthlessly imposed for decades, had failed to stop the people from believing in God. 1979 radio commentary, Reagan remarked the Pope in his final appearance had invited the people to bring forward several large crosses for his blessings. Suddenly there was a movement among the multitude of young people before him in Poland. All these policy positions formed a main theme of Reagan's 1980 presidential campaign. Real peace would come through the military strength of the West along with its political and economic uh, freedom. (coughs) For Reagan, as for Truman, the gravest threat to the U.S. and the free world came from the Soviet Union. 
whose continuing imperialist designs on every continent demanded a new Cold War. When we come back, when we come back, briefly, a little bit more. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Now back to the best of Mark Levin. We honor those on Memorial Day who have given their lives to defend this nation. So the Reagan doctrine was a break uh, from the Cold War position of almost half a century or more. And he said, while we sit here and try and contain the enemy, the enemy advances throughout the globe. And we cannot have another World War II. And just as today, he was accused of wanting to have a nuclear war with the Soviet Union. He was accused of being naive. He was accused of being a warmonger. He went against the Republican establishment. He went against the Washington defense bureaucracy. And he took on the Soviets, not with troops, but he took them on, whether it was Angola or Nicaragua, whether it was uh, at that time Afghanistan, where we actually forced the communists out of there, and really every other corner of the earth. His goal was to defeat the Soviet Union. This is why I keep saying, apparently the Putinoids of today do not want the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians. I do. For all the same reasons Reagan would have as well, or Churchill for that matter. More when I return. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today 
at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. This is the best of the Mark Levin Show, where we honor our fallen heroes on this Memorial Day and every day. Some of our brothers and sisters in the conservative movement, or whatever they call themselves, want you to believe that I and you are in a small minority and they are revolutionizing the Republican Party. They're doing no such thing. Their ideological approach was really uh, Taft's ideological approach in the 1950s. And, of course, was Pat Buchanan's ideological approach today and doesn't keep us out of war. As Charles Lindbergh would learn, Charles Lindbergh, great hero as you know, first to fly around the world. He was part of a movement he helped found and led 800,000 to 1 million members prior to us being attacked at Pearl Harbor of his own, I guess, America First movement. And they were absolutely opposed to America's intervention in foreign activities, but particularly foreign wars. And they were very adamant about this. Even as Hitler rose, even as Tojo rose, even as Mussolini rose, even as they were attacking European countries and allies of ours at war with Britain, they opposed the Lend-Lease program, which was a way that FTR tried to get around the law to get some armaments to the, to the Brits so they could help defend them, help defend themselves. And they had a lot of power, particularly within the Republican Party, but not alone, in the media and the Democrat Party. Then we were hit at Pearl Harbor. And four days later, they abandoned the organization. And Charles Lindbergh, at that point, urged all Americans to unite to fight these powers. And he would go on to fight to fly 50 flights as a civilian during the course of the war. And after the war, he was very much involved in helping to build up Europe and so forth. See, he saw how wrong he had been. How wrong he had been. And there's a point at which you wait, you wait, you wait, you wait, you pretend you're containing, you ignore what's taking place, or you spin it, and then next thing you know, you're involved in a world war. And you're on defense from day one. And that means you're going to lose a hell of a lot more people than if you're proactive. And this is what Reagan understood. You don't go to war by just sending troops in and some. No, you have to assume that the president's going to use his head. This is what Trump did, in my view. Used his head. He knew when to act and when not to act. And you must keep in mind, guys like Rand Paul and others, they opposed Trump taking out Soleimani. They were very sympathetic to the Iranian regime. Walking around with the Iranian ambassador to the UN here in Washington, D.C. Unbelievable. 
So coddling Putin, coddling the Iranians, is that really the new way forward for the Republican Party? I don't think so. We're going to leave an awful lot of Americans behind. George Soros and Charles Koch team up for a common cause, an end to, quote-unquote, endless wars. And this is what they called them when Lindbergh was on the wrong side prior to the attack at Pearl Harbor. These endless wars they were talking about. That we were escalating. And this is from Vox. The controversial billionaire philanthropists are launching a new anti-interventionist think tank. I, I dread the language that is used by the media, how it's poorly used. There's an unlikely pair of philanthropists they wrote a couple of years back behind Washington's newest think tank. The new outfit launched yesterday is called the Quincy Institute for Responsible Statescraft. And it's funded by liberal billionaire George Soros, they write, and libertarian billionaire Charles Koch. It's mission to make the case against foreign wars. The Boston Globe broke the story, Boston Globe calling the team up one of the most remarkable partnerships in modern American political history. So you have about 60 to $70 billion behind this movement. Soros is, of course, widely hated on the right for his support, they write, of liberalized immigration. No, he's hated on the right because he hates America and he's undermining our society. He's frequently the target of anti-Semitic conspiracy theorists, not conspiracy theorists. The man did what he did during the Third Reich. Koch, meanwhile, has come under fire for his contributions to the Republican Party and his opposition to climate policies. I will remind you that Koch did not support Donald Trump for president either time. Either time. The Quincy Institute is named after U.S. President John Quincy Adams, who said in an 1821 speech that America goes not abroad in search of monsters to destroy. A statement on its bare-bones website, the Institute argues that we've been betrayed that vision, that the consequences have been horrific, both from a humanitarian standpoint and in terms of America's national interests, and they go on. You hear the same propaganda by the Putin wing of the GOP, and as well as the Democrat Party, and certainly in the media, and certainly in the media. I'll give you that background because there's a piece now in another left-wing site. Well, actually, same left-wing site, Axios. Well, Vox and Axios are different, but same in terms of ideology. And the headline is, from 10 hours ago, Republicans plot foreign intervention pullback by Lachlan Marquet. Republican lawmakers following former President Trump's lead are working with a wide range of conservative groups to pull back American support for Ukraine, the Middle East, and Europe officials. To The Middle East means probably Israel and moderate Arab countries that are taking on Iran. Why it matters, they write, with the GOP poised to retake control of the House and perhaps the Senate next year, this contingent could grow substantially. Trump is backing candidates who, <coughs> excuse me, who explicitly broken with Republican foreign policy orthodoxy. 11 Senate GOP no votes on a $40 billion Ukraine aid package last week was the clearest sign of the new coalition's influence is expanding. Well, look, about $10 billion of that $40 billion should never have been in there. I would agree with that 100%. 
Senator Rand Paul, who led the Senate opposition, huddled in his office with several of the coalition's key players before the House voted on the measure earlier this month. They included representatives from Koch Political Network, the Cato Institute, which Koch founded, populist-oriented group American Moment, that means radical left, and the American Conservative Magazine, which is basically a Buchananite magazine, according to a person who attended. Quote, promoting a realist foreign policy agenda. Hear that? What did you hear me say what Reagan attacked? These so-called Washington realists. The so-called Washington real. In other words, the pacifists, the isolationists of today, they can point to our interventions here, there, and elsewhere. But they are the same mouthpieces and the same ideology that Reagan opposed and fought. Thank God. Promoting a realist foreign policy agenda has always been a priority of Dr. Paul's, which is why he has been holding meetings with interested groups and fellow members for years and will continue to do so in the future, a Paul spokesperson told Axios. Well, did he walk the U.N. ambassador from Iran around Washington or not? Did he speak to him frequently or not? If I'm wrong, I want to be corrected. But that's what I read at the time, right, Mr. Producer? I think we read it on the air. Did he oppose the killing of Soleimani as a bridge too far, as a provocation? He did, and so did the other Putinoids in the media and in the Republican Party and elsewhere. Why it matters. They discuss messaging and strategy on Ukraine, but also U.S. foreign policy more generally. So they put out the talking points that you're hearing today. The source described the atmosphere as upbeat, with Paul seeing the Ukraine vote as a catalyst for self-described realist elements in the party, seeking to pull the U.S. back from deeper military involvement in Europe, the Middle East, and elsewhere. And it goes on. The Heritage Foundation is now involved, as we see here. We're going to come out on the back end of this, probably in a period of months, but certainly by 2024, with a strong conservative and libertarian consensus about a more restrained but still very robust American foreign policy, said Kevin Roberts, who late last year took over as president of the Conservative Heritage Foundation. Uh, At least one person has resigned there based on where Heritage has gone with this. This is not a traditional American foreign policy being promoted by Heritage, Cato, these left-wing groups, Soros, Koch. You notice neither Soros nor Koch accept conservatism at all. Koch has never been a conservative. And he has said so. And Soros has been what he's been. Of course. Let's see here. Robert said, Heritage's rank-and-file donors have generally come down firmly on the restraint side of foreign policy. I favor the restraint side of foreign policy, whatever that means. Former Trump budget director Russ Vaught, a Heritage alum, was highly active in the Ukraine aid fight via his new organization, the Center for Renewing America. In other words, opposing it. So if these guys had had their way... Putin would have cut through Ukraine like crap through a goose and be on to the NATO countries. And then what? These phony peaceniks. Then what? Yeah, I wonder. 
And he goes on, who's funding them? Tech mogul Peter Thiel, there he is again, is bankrolling political efforts for more populist candidates. Let me ask you about populist candidates. Some guy, David Sachs, another billionaire, apparently he's involved in this too. Let me ask you a question. I've told you this before, populist movement. We're not a democracy, we're a republic. Do you want a democracy? And what happens if we lose our votes and our unalienable rights? What happens to the Second Amendment? What happens to freedom of speech? In a democracy, you lose them if you're not in the majority. They vote as they wish. In a republic, these are unalienable rights. They're not susceptible to popular will or the majority. Exactly what the framers were talking about. Exactly what the framers opposed. So I reject this. Because I believe in peace through strength. I reject this because I know this could create another war environment, big time war environment. That when we're supporting the Ukrainians without troops and without an air force, that's very important. That is not our troops or air force. As Reagan defeated the Soviets, whether in Afghanistan, Yes, in Nicaragua when he was president, for which he almost lost his presidency. In Angola, all over Europe, hundreds of millions of people freed, hundreds of millions of people freed behind the so-called Iron Curtain. Do we ever learn from our own experiences? Isn't this one of the things we conservatives pride ourselves on? Learning from experience? Give me one example where genocidal regimes on the move, working with each other, colluding, conspiring with each other. One example where timidity, passivity, passivism, isolationism, call it whatever you want, has succeeded in saving the people who promote it. There is none. Even Finland has figured this out. Finland, which has been neutral forever. Neutral during the entirety of World War II because they didn't want Stalin invading them. Neutral right up. Right up. Until Putin invaded Ukraine. And they said, holy crap. This neutrality doesn't work. And have now asked to be part of NATO because they're scared to death. And they've been supplying the Ukrainians. And they're right on the border, right on the border with the big bear, right there. Nothing between them and the big bear. And by the way, those people can fight really tough, too. They can fight like hell, too. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. 
These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You're listening to the Memorial Day edition of the Best of the Mark Levin Show. Tell me, is communist China a threat to the United States? It's a direct threat, isn't it? In fact, some of the Putinoids point that out. And then they stop. Do they recommend that we arm up the Taiwanese? Well, if they do, why don't they say it? Why don't they say it? You'll notice the... The comrades around Joe Biden, when he talks about, yes, we'll take on the Chinese if they invade Taiwan. You'll notice how the Putinoids and the media, the hard left, immediately attack Biden. That they share exactly the same position. So they talk tough on China. Well, China instead of Russia. But they don't want to do anything about China. What do they want to do? What do they want to do? They're not providing Taiwan with the armaments it needs to defend itself. So what do they want to do? The Putinoids don't even recommend anything. Just focus on China. Okay, I'm focused. Now what? They don't have a well-thought-out ideology. In the least. Tell me, were we wrong to take on the Soviets when they went into Cuba? We were? Why? Because they were putting... Nuclear missiles there? Oh, I see. So when you have more advanced nuclear missiles that can travel thousands and thousands of miles and hit any quarter in the United States from a country in Europe or perhaps one in Iran, how is that any different? I'd love to question these people who will never come on this program. Never. All they do is throw around their bumper, hey, populism, hey, nationalism, hey, America first, hey, hey. Why don't you shut up a minute and let's get into this? No, no, can't do that. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever. It's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over America is great at all, whether America deserves our love, whether America as we know it should even exist. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day. From a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers out there. For 50 years, over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free. I urge you to sign up for it today. Absolutely no charge. If you already get it, Friends, neighbors, co-workers, colleagues. Get it for them. And we always look forward to receiving a Primus at the Levin household. So my friends at Hillsdale and I want you to get a free subscription for yourself or for others. So to get the free subscription, just go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com.
And so what will happen is you see, I'm a warmonger, a neocon, a this, that. It's much like the Marxist left, these attacks. Oh, you disagree with me? You must be a white supremacist. You must believe in a white dominant society. Ooh, I don't have time to deal with stupid people saying stupid things. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. People seem to think in the media, basketball coaches and others, that there's very easy answers to all of this. If only we would pass another law. I think there's things we can do, but they're not going to stop everybody. I'll give an example. We've now learned that, in fact, the mass murder was confronted when he went into the school by an armed guard, and they exchanged fire. And apparently, as reported, Ramos ran down a small hallway, or a short hallway, and that's when he barricaded himself into the classroom where he murdered everybody. I mean, the 19 children and two teachers. And oddly enough, last night I told you, good Lord, he shot enough kids to be in a single classroom. Apparently that's what he did. And one of the teachers ran to the window to try and let the kids out, and he murdered her. So, uh, when you have people going around yelling it's the Republicans or it's the NRA and the gun lot, these are very cold people. Very, very cold people. So I wanted to pass that on to you. I want to get into a few other things, if I may. that could affect the outcome of the Senate. And ladies and gentlemen, we are in dire shape in this country. We're in grave shape in this country, from our classrooms to our border, to inflation and gasoline, the value of the dollar, shortages, baby formula. Now the FDA is having to confess that, in fact, it's screwed up royally. We talked about it. Has to be, what, a week and a half ago, Mr. Producer? Joe Biden was blaming the private sector. It wasn't the private sector. Those who support big, ubiquitous, yet centralized government never blame the government. It's always somebody else. The oil companies, the meatpacking companies, the baby formula companies, the gun companies, whatever it is. There is a constitution in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, one of the oldest in the country, as a matter of fact. It's a very solid constitution. I'm well aware of it. 
I graduated law school in Pennsylvania. I'm a member of the bar of Pennsylvania as well as Virginia. But I studied the Pennsylvania Constitution. And I had to dust it off in this last election. If you want to change election laws in Pennsylvania, it's, it's different than, a, I bet, the vast majority of states. It's extremely difficult. You can't just pass a statute, nor issue an executive order as governor, nor issue a judicial order as a court. It has a very comprehensive amendment process more difficult than the federal constitution. And that amendment process involves the people of Pennsylvania, a vote. And if they don't, in the first instance, support the amendment, it doesn't go any further. It requires a supermajority of the state legislature, not once, but twice. They love their constitution. What happened prior to 2020, between 2016 and 2020, and right up to Election Day in Pennsylvania, is that the state constitution, as well as our federal constitution, were repeatedly violated. An elected Supreme Court changed the voting system. A Secretary of State changed the voting system. That violated two constitutions. Even the state legislature has to follow the constitution in Pennsylvania. Even the Republican state legislature. They are not free to change the election laws either. Without going through the amendment process. That's how tough it is in Pennsylvania. All of that was shredded in 2020 and 2019. All of it was shredded. And yet one thing survived. Barely. In Pennsylvania, if you have an absentee ballot, you have to sign the envelope in which the absentee ballot is placed and dated by hand. No machine dates, no computer dates, No fixing by the Board of Elections, stamp dating it like you're going to the post office. It's very specific. Now, why did they do that? It's a custody thing. They wanted to make sure the person who was signing also dated it. Many of you have signed legal documents, notarized documents. You have to sign it and date it. Somebody else is not permitted to date it for you. The bank isn't permitted to date it for you. Mortgage company is not permitted to date it for you. It says name, print, name, sign, date. And if you don't date it, because that's very important, then it doesn't count. It's not a legally executed document. So when you vote in the state of Pennsylvania absentee, you get an envelope Get a ballot. In addition to signing and dating the ballot that you put in the envelope, you sign and date the envelope. 
that has withstood challenge within the state. That's the law in the state. This election for Senate in the Republican primaries is so close, it's within a thousand votes. They're nowhere else to find votes. And so there's, if you will, a box or bucket or a grouping of these envelopes that were not hand-signed. Instead, they were stamp-dated in violation of state law, existing state law. So what David McCormick's team has decided to do is to sue to allow the ballots that were not hand-dated to be counted. That is, the ballots that were stamp-dated to be counted. Of course, he has support over at National Review because Donald Trump backed Dr. Oz, and they hate Dr. Oz, by their legal analyst over there who claims that this is really a civil rights issue, according to the federal courts. There's no civil rights issue. This is a black and white, simple, originalism issue. And there is no reason to change state law. There's no civil rights issue or civil rights violation. And it is a material issue whether you sign and date a document for all kinds of legal purposes, including absentee ballots and the envelope in which those ballots are placed. So David McCormick has decided to sue. His lawyer, you'll be interested in knowing, is a gentleman by the name of Chuck Cooper. Chuck Cooper has, for decades, posed as an originalist constitutionalist. He also represented the infamous John Bolton. And I've known Chuck Cooper a long time. But I can't control how people decide to conduct themselves later in their careers. It's despicable. The Republican National Committee and, more importantly, the Pennsylvania Republican Party have sided with Dr. Oz in this litigation and have opposed what David McCormick has done. The Democrat Secretary of State, she has sided with McCormick. Now, why would a Democrat Secretary of State side with McCormick? And the Republican Party of Pennsylvania and the RNC side with Oz. Because the Democrats want to be able to use the same thing if their voters don't hand date the envelopes. And it just happens that their voters are dumber than the Republican voters and often don't follow the process, as you well know. So the lawyers, Cooper et al., who are bringing this litigation, are basically paving the path for the Democrat Party to win in the general election. In the general election. Because this lawsuit is the kind of suit that Mark Elias would bring. This lawsuit is the kind of suit 
that a slip-and-fall ambulance-chasing Democrat hack lawyer would bring. And I strongly object to it. And I think it's crucially important that the plaintiffs here, the McCormick campaign and its lawyers, lose, and lose badly. Because we don't believe, number one, that courts should be changing election laws. And we don't believe, number two, the failure to write a date on a legal document is a civil rights issue, a federal civil rights issue. The problem is, ladies and gentlemen, this is ultimately going to go to the Third Circuit Court of Appeals, which is a very liberal circuit in Philadelphia. That's the problem. And that's what Cooper knows. That's what the McCormick campaign knows. And that's what the legal analyst over there at National Review surely must know. I don't think David McCormick is helping himself for the future. Even if there's a recount, which there's supposed to be, and I believe it was triggered today, and that's fine under state law. Even if he comes out the other end on top, I think he will have turned off and infuriated an awful lot of people. Because this kind of litigation, supported by National Review, supported by Chuck Cooper, and apparently by the McCormick campaign, is the sort of thing that Democrats want. And should the McCormick campaign win, will clearly benefit from in the general election. I'll be right back. Lovin. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Now back to the best of Mark Levin. We honor those on Memorial Day who have given their lives to defend this nation. Baby formula shortages. FDA Commissioner Robert Khalif's testimony today says uh, there were a number of problems. Laid the blame for the delayed actions following contamination reports at a baby formula plant in Michigan on a COVID-19 outbreak at the family as well as the failure in the FDA's mailroom. He says these problems meant the agency didn't begin its inspection of the facility until January 31, over three months after becoming aware of the first infant chronobacter infection 
who allegedly was fed powdered infant formula made at the Sturgis facility run by Abbott Nutrition. Three months. We talked about this two weeks ago. That they had to know well before February. Stick with this show, folks. I just use my logic. And I go back and I do the research. This is what we said. They knew much earlier than February. At least November. Wednesday's hearing today focused on the nationwide shortage of baby formula that has prompted parents to scramble to find ways to feed their infants. The plant was closed after reports of four infants who grew either ill or died after consuming formula from the facility. An FDA inspection allegedly found unsanitary conditions. Four months later, the plant is still closed, but... I should point out, even though that's mentioned in this story, they did not link the deaths or illnesses of those four kids to this. Abbott Plant received 16 complaints between 2019 and 2021 concerning infants becoming ill after drinking products from the facility. The company said in a statement, bacteria found in areas of the plant that doesn't come in contact with the product haven't been connected to any known infant diseases. And yet the chief executive apologized. They make them get on their knees and beg for forgiveness, even if they're not the actual cause of the problem. And then Congress, of course, comes in after the fact and pass some laws that they think will help. And um, not to beat a dead horse here, but we talked about the need to import formula from other countries. The EU, in some cases, has stricter standards than we do. And after all, they're feeding it to tens of millions of babies in Europe, in advanced industrialized societies, and they seem to be doing fine. So finally, Biden lifts that. I don't know what they were waiting for. And now they're moving quickly, an agreement reached between the FDA and Abbott to open their plane in Michigan, which is still closed even though it wasn't the source of the problem. And that's the same story it was a couple of weeks ago. Same story. And so this is what happened. As the federal government wants more and more control and more and more power, it doesn't seem to be able to do anything damn right. I was in a diner for breakfast the other day. And I'd like to talk to the owner there and other people there, including the employees. It's interesting over the years how I've become friends with many of them. They go on to other jobs. I'll bump into them at Costco or whatever where they used to work at a diner. Very, very nice people. In any event, I said, are you having problems? She said, She's always smiling, happy, serving. She said, yes, it's very, very difficult. Even napkins. So we're very difficult to get it. She goes to wherever the wholesale warehouse place is that sells the food to restaurants. Gets up at five in the morning. It's a long line. But this is what really ticked me off. One of the ladies working there 
told me that on an extremely busy Sunday, there was one gentleman in particular who was very impatient, wanted a seat quickly, wanted his food quickly. They did the best they could. They were understaffed, of course. And he leaves this vicious review on the site. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. This is the best of the Mark Levin Show, where we honor our fallen heroes on this Memorial Day and every day. So here we are, saluting our police, the Border Patrol. And what does Joe Biden do today? He signs another executive order against the police. Now, what do I mean by this? They want to have a federal database that keeps track of what they say are these these bad cops. But what does that mean? What does that mean? Maybe it's a good cop and somebody wants to put them on the database. I've seen this sort of thing before. Cut 23, go. But in your own ways... You've each, each of you, whose family's been victimized, have summoned the courage to find purpose through your pain, to stir justice that's been too long dormant, and to give hope while in need of hope yourself. That's why the executive order I'll be signing today is so important in my view. It's a measure of what we can do together to heal the very soul of this nation, to address profound fear and trauma, exhaustion, that particularly black Americans have experienced for generations, and to channel that private pain and public outrage into a rare mark of progress for years to come. Jeez, I tell you. This... uh... This man is such a disservice to this country, just such a horrible disservice to this country in every way imaginable. I always knew he was a jackass as a senator from day one and a chameleon. But we don't need a demagogue in the Oval Office, do we? Not now, not today. An absolute full-throated demagogue. So trashing the cops, 
playing race. We just went through a mass murder in Uvalde, Texas. Where the cops came to the rescue of these kids as best as they could. Unfortunately, too many were killed, as did the Border Patrol, as did other law enforcement. And so today, this is what he does. Cut 24, go. Without public trust, law enforcement can't do its job of serving and protecting all of our communities. But as we've seen all too often, public trust is frayed and broken. You know, you know, folks, I want to tell you something. I look at these surveys in the past. Every community in this country wants cops on the beat. Black, brown, white, yellow, red, everything in between. They want cops in the streets. They want to be protected from criminals. Period. So much of what we hear is, again, the combination of white self-appointed elitists and activists. Not the people. Not the people in this country. Not the people in these communities. How come he doesn't sign some magical executive order dealing with the slaughter that occurs every night, let alone every weekend, particularly in our inner cities? Why not? When will that happen? When will this man ever even talk about it? Without public trust. The vast majority of the public do trust the police. We just saw what took place in Texas. We just saw it. We'll talk about gun control. We have the Strongest gun controls in the country and among other places, New York, where the slaughter took place in Buffalo, where those poor people were were slaughtered because of their race by another head case. Then we go to Texas, which doesn't have among the strongest gun laws in the country, even though it has serious gun laws. And it happened there. And before that, it happened in Connecticut, which has some of the strongest gun laws in the country. And it happens every damn night, especially in the weekends in Chicago, which has the strongest gun laws in the country. We need the cops to protect us. And because of propagandists and demagogues like this, this is why we don't get cops in every schoolhouse armed. Because if you're going to say that they're as a group and stereotype them as systemically racist, so we need to control the cops. Crime is out of control. The lunatics are on the loose. Can't we agree on that? The great social experiment of the Democrat Party and the American Marxists is a failure. And it's costing people their lives. Go ahead. Public safety. The families here today and across the country have had to ask, Why this nation? Why so many black Americans wake up knowing they could lose their life in the course of just living their life today? Simply jogging, shopping, sleeping at home. More 
black Americans, all Americans, but he brought it up, are losing their lives as a result of being murdered by other black Americans. This is a big, big problem that needs to be confronted. We have to have the courage and the integrity to do it. But Biden has none of that. None of it. Cut 25, go. First, the executive order promotes accountability. It creates a new national law enforcement and accountability database to track records of misconduct so that an officer can't hide the misconduct. But what does that mean? Think of your own lives and your own workplace, whomever you are, whatever your background, whatever your race, faith, sex, whatever. What does that mean? Who puts this in this database? We have so many databases in the federal government now. So many. Here's a piece by the Epic Times. Report shows FBI spied on 3.3 million Americans without a warrant. Without a warrant. After court-ordered information came to light showing that the federal agency collected the information of over 3 million Americans without a warrant. Maybe one of you. Maybe me. Maybe somebody in your family. You don't even know about it. Without a warrant. In violation of the Bill of Rights. It's right there in the federal constitution. People don't just have a right to surveil you. But how many more databases does the federal government need? This is a big deal. This is a problem. We need to attract more good people to law enforcement. This isn't going to track them. This is going to chase them off. This is a disaster. I don't have a problem if a cop is a bad cop to make sure that's known. But you don't need a federal database on quote-unquote misconduct. How about you spell it out with a little bit of specifics and detail? What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Cut 26, go. I promise the Floyd family, among others, George's name is not just going to be a hashtag. Your daddy's name is going to be known for a long time. That as a nation, we're going to ensure his legacy. But we cannot make national, federal law. National, federal law as a remembrance. We can't do that. What are the consequences of what Biden's doing? Again, what does he mean by this language? And Congress, shouldn't Congress be the one passing the law rather than a president making law and instituting it as an executive order? Congress couldn't come together because the Democrats were so radical, anti-cop, that they wouldn't even meet Senator Tim Scott, who happens to be an African-American, Republican from South Carolina. They wouldn't even meet him halfway. And he wouldn't go to their position because he said it will undermine law enforcement and safety in the nation. So Joe Biden just comes over the top and signs an executive order, more than one, multiple executive orders. 
on today of all days. Today of all days. I have not seen an announcement, Mr. Producer, of you that Joe Biden will be going down to Texas. Did he mention he will? We will let you know, ladies and gentlemen, but if he does, if he does, he damn well, he damn well better speak to the nation as the nation deserves to be spoken to. So he does plan to go in a couple of days. I just don't have any confidence in this guy. We'll be right back. Mark Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. You're listening to the Memorial Day edition of the Best of the Mark Levin Show. Let's go to Mitch, Bronx, New York, the great WABC. Go ahead, Mitch. Yes, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, hello, Mitch, can I can me? hear you. Yes, okay. yes. Well, I just I just wanted to say that I disagree with the criticism of the people that are advocating for gun control. Uh, first of all, I don't believe in the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment was written over 200 years ago. At a Why time. do I care what you, whether you agree with the Second Amendment or not? Well, I don't. And I, it's I, in listen, the Constitution. I, you don't get that. I don't agree with it. So we don't have to have it. Right? Listen, What's your I, next point? Said I was an ambulance EMT in New York City for 30 years. I don't care. What does that have to do with the Second Amendment? Every time I treated a shooting victim, I said to myself, if we didn't make it legal for people to have guns, this wouldn't happen. Oh, it's, right, right. They wouldn't kill each other. They wouldn't use knives. They wouldn't use hatchets. They wouldn't use swords. They wouldn't use explosives. No, they wouldn't use Molotov cocktails. They wouldn't use fertilizer. They wouldn't do anything. Let's disarm the public like they do in every fascist regime in the world, in every Marxist regime in the world, so people can't defend themselves. Let me ask you a question, pal. How many people did you see who needed a pistol to defend themselves and might not be alive today but for having a gun? That's never reported. I don't know, I don't know of anybody saying that. No, by the you don't know because it's not reported. Well, what about the example where a guy ran into that church where people were being shot and shot and killed the perpetrator? Do you remember that one? I well, what about the one in a restaurant that. where a daughter had a gun and some guy was shooting up the place and she shot him? And this is right off the top of my head. There are far but you more can't. What's other that? countries don't have this problem. Other, other countries, countries do have this problem. 
Hello, wake up. Other countries do have this problem. And John Locke has written think, about it. And I, I encourage think... all of you folks. He's just going to talk over me. I encourage all of you folks, go online and look and read the research that John Locke has done. You are not going to see it on the TV stations that this guy watches. Period. You're not going to see it. But it's true. That doesn't make it right here. That doesn't make it right to kill people. That doesn't make it less of a problem. But why do they keep lying? Why do they keep lying? He doesn't like the second amendment. Oh, I'm sorry. Anything else we can change for you? How many burglaries have been stopped? How many rapes have been stopped? How many break-ins have been stopped? I mean, we, do we even keep that data? I fear we don't. And if we do, it's certainly not made public. So they're going to undermine the police forces, right? Which they've done. Police departments are undermanned and underfunded. Murder is through the roof. Not by good guys killing bad guys, by bad guys killing good guys and bad guys. So on top of disarming the police or making their numbers so thin that they can't be where they need to be, they want to disarm you. So then what do we have? We have anarchy. The rule of the street. Like that moron. I'll be right back. Now, folks, you've heard me talk about Omaha Steaks for ages. The best steaks, mouth-watering, juicy, unbelievable. And with Father's Day coming up, here's a tip. Dads want steaks. There's no better gift than steaks. And there's no better place to get them from, Omaha Steaks. Visit omahasteaks.com. Type Levin in the search bar and order the Dads Want Steaks package. You got it. For just 99 bucks. this limited-time package includes, ready for this, 16 mouth-watering entrees like smoky, tender, bacon-wrapped filet mignons, gourmet jumbo franks, air-chilled, boneless chicken breasts, and my absolute favorite, the delicious caramel apple tartlets. You all know I love Omaha Steaks. You're going to love them too. And as a special gift for my listeners, when you type Levin, L-E-V-I-N in the search bar and order the Dad's Want Steaks package, you'll get eight, count them, eight free Omaha Steak Burgers. These burgers are full of bold, beefy flavor, and they're even bigger now. Can you hear me? I'm salivating. Don't wait. Send Dad more than just a gift. Send an experience he'll love. Go to omahasteaks.com, type Levin, L-E-V-I-N, into the search bar, and order the Dad's Want Steaks package. You'll get 16 entrees, four desserts, plus eight free Omaha Steaks burgers. That's omahasteaks.com, keyword Levin. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation 
forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals, and listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit fastgrowingtrees.com for details. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 One other one here that I want to read to you, also, from my police officer friend. This is their training, and this is what they're told they're to do. We went in for practice, training, with a team of four. One watched, the, one watched down the middle of the hallway, the right, and the left guy went to the rooms as they passed, and one guy watching your back. Objective, find the shooter as soon as possible and neutralize the threat, period. No waiting for special equipment. No waiting. Period. I mean, isn't that what they're being trained? I mean, I, that's what I thought, again, after Parkland, for sure. I don't know. But see, they're going to have a big powwow the parties to try and figure out how to have uh, more gun control, which would have had nothing to do with this, really. I mean, you want to save lives or don't you? Or do you want to advance a political agenda? And that's the truth. That's the way it is. And I don't know how we resolve these things if... uh, the Republican leader in the Senate is directing his surrogates to figure out gun legislation, but he doesn't say, even from his rhino perspective, and anything else that might work. What is that? Ladies and gentlemen, while this horror is going on here at home, we have a lot of other huge problems, too. And it's hard to take attention off this even for a minute. I got it. And it really is. And, of course, uh, Joe Biden is not up to the moment. Barack Obama, just a, a disgusting tweet having nothing to do with what happened again in, uh, in Texas, invoking George, George Floyd. I don't get it. But we have something uh, very important I want to tell you. And we can't lose focus on this. This is from AP, and it's reported elsewhere. Very, very important. This is out of New Zealand. China wants 10 small Pacific nations 
to endorse a sweeping agreement covering everything from security to fisheries and what one leader warns is a game-changing bid by Beijing to wrest control of the region. A draft of the agreement obtained by the Associated Press shows that China wants to train Pacific police officers, teen up on, quote, traditional, non-traditional security, unquote, we know what that means, military, and expand law enforcement cooperation. China also wants to jointly develop a marine plan for fisheries, which would include the Pacific's lucrative tuna catch, increase cooperation on running the region's internet networks, and set up cultural Confucius institutes and classrooms. China also mentions the possibility of setting up a free trade area with the Pacific nations. China's move comes as Foreign Minister Wang Yi and a 20-person delegation begin a visit to the region this week. In Washington, U.S. State Department spokesman Ned Price expressed concern about China's intentions, saying Beijing might use the proposed accords to take advantage of the islands and destabilize the region. Gee, you think? We're concerned that these reported agreements may be negotiated in a rushed, non-transparent process. He warned that China has a pattern of offering shadowy, vague deals with little transparency or regional consultation in areas related to fishing, related to resource management, development, development assistance, more recently, even security practices. Military, you idiot. And Price added that Agreements that include sending Chinese security officials to the nations could only seek to fuel regional international tensions and increase concerns over Beijing's expansion of its internal security apparatus to the Pacific. Now this Chinese communist reprobate is visiting seven of the countries he hopes will endorse the common development vision. The Solomon Islands. My great uncle and so many other Americans fought on the Solomon Islands, including Guadalcanal, the Solomon Islands, Kiribati, Samoa, Fiji, Tonga, Papua New Guinea, and Vanuatu. Lying is also, these are these little spots in the Pacific. And the real reason they want them, of course, is for their Navy and their Air Force. So they can project. Long is also holding virtual meetings with the other three potential signatories. The Cook Islands, Nai, and the Federated States of Micronesia. He's hoping the countries will endorse the pre-written agreement as part of a joint communique after a May 30 meeting in Fiji. He's holding with foreign ministers from each of the ten countries. Micronesia's president, David Pinello, has told leaders of the other Pacific nations his nation will not endorse the plan, warning it would needlessly heighten geopolitical tensions and threaten regional stability, according to a letter uh, from him that was obtained by the AP. Among other concerns, he said the agreement opens the door for China to own and control the region's fisheries and communications infrastructure. He said China could intercept emails and listen in on phone calls. You're damn right. He called the Common Development Vision the single most game-changing proposed agreement of the Pacific in any of our lifetimes and said it threatens to bring a new Cold War era at best and a world war at worst. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesman Wang Wenbi said he didn't know about the letter. 
But I don't agree at all with the argument that cooperation between China and the South Pacific Island countries will trigger a new Cold War. Like other countries in the Pacific, Micronesia is finding itself increasingly caught between the competing interests of Washington and Beijing. It has close ties to the U.S. through the Compact of Free Association, but also has what Pinello describes in his letter as a great friendship with China that he hopes will continue. Yeah, because they fear China. The security aspects of this agreement will be particularly troubling to many in the region and beyond, especially after China, listen to this, already signed a separate security pact with the Solomon Islands last month. Australia, Japan, New Zealand, the United States have all objected to this. The pact has raised fears that China could send troops to the island nation or even establish a military base there, which is not far from Australia. The Solomon Islands and China say there are no plans for a base. Yeah, right. The May 30 meeting will be the second between Wang and Pacific Island foreign ministers. Those who follow China's role in the Pacific will be scrutinizing the wording of the draft. Well, I hope so. The draft agreement also stipulates that the Pacific countries, quote, firmly abide, unquote, by the one China principle under which Taiwan, a self-ruled island democracy, excuse me, a country, is considered by Beijing to be part of China. It would also uphold the non-interference principle that China often cites as a deterrent to other nations speaking out about its human rights record. The agreement says that China and the Pacific countries would jointly formulate a marine spatial plan to optimize the layout of the marine economy and develop and utilize marine resources rationally so as to promote a sustainable sustainable development of blue economy. Is this a joke? Is this a joke? China also promised to dispatch Chinese language consultants, teachers, volunteers to the islands. These islands really have no military of their own to speak of. They're fragile little places, as you well know. They're not developed purposely so. In the action plan, China says it will fully implement 2,500 government scholarships through 2025. China will conquer these tiny little island nations. It will devour them. Devour them. China says it will build criminal investigation labs as needed by the Pacific nations. They can be used for fingerprint testing, forensic, autopsies, electronic forensics. What do they need them for? Is there a big criminal problem on uh, Fiji? Maybe, I don't know. China also promises more investment in the region by mobilizing private capital, encouraging more competitive and reputable Chinese enterprises to participate in direct investment in Pacific Island countries. They'll buy everything that's there. This is a dangerous, dangerous country. And I gravely fear that one day we will go to war with them. I don't want to. I don't want to. But I fear that they are going to fire the first shot. And this is a big deal. 
And there's more. More about China tonight, and I'll get to it in a moment. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, I want to tell you about a brand new sponsor, and I want to tell you this sponsor is fantastic. Now, you'd never knowingly feed your dog food that's bad for their health, right? But many commercial dog foods are full of fillers and harmful additives. Dr. Marty Goldstein, a veterinarian for more than 45 years, has seen that poor ingredients lead to bad digestion, skin problems, and other critical issues. That's why he created his Nature's Blend Premium Freeze-Dried Raw Food, It's packed with real cuts of meat and superfood seeds, veggies, and fruit. My dog Marty is loving his Nature's Blend Premium raw dog food. I love that Nature's Blend is freeze-dried and pantry-safe. So for a limited time, save 50% off your first order. Really, folks, I want you to try it. I'm not kidding. There's no bigger dog person than us right here in the Levin family and you folks. Go to drmartypets.com slash Levin. That's drmartypets.com slash L-E-V-I-N or text Levin to 511-511. They offer a 100% 90-day return of your purchase price. Text L-E-V-I-N to 511-511. Text Levin to 511-511 and save 50% off your first order today. Again, I can't stress enough, it's so healthy and your dog's going to love it. Dr. Marty, my Marty loves it. Text fees may apply. You may receive up to one additional text. Text STOP to opt out. Now back to the best of Mark Levin. We honor those on Memorial Day who have given their lives to defend this nation. China followed Joe Biden's vow to defend Taiwan militarily writes Bloomberg, by announcing it held military exercises close to the democratically ruled island, underscoring its anger over the U.S. stance. You notice how more confrontational and escalatory China is becoming? The Air and Sea Combat Readiness Patrol was a solemn warning about the recent collusion between the U.S. and Taiwan. Colonel Xi Yi said... In a statement yesterday from the Eastern Theater Command of the People's Liberation Army, the command which is headquartered in the eastern city of Nanjing, didn't say when exactly the exercises were conducted. On the Taiwan issue, the U.S. side says one thing and does another, giving repeated encouragement to Taiwan independent forces. He said this is hypocritical and futile, will only lead the situation to a dangerous situation, and will also face serious consequences. So he's threatening us. And then the way Bloomberg writes it, the comments show much Biden angered Beijing by answering yes when asked Monday in Tokyo if the U.S. would act militarily to defend the island in the event of a Chinese attack. Of course, he's walked it back. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the Putinoids and the Xenoids. Biden's comment was correct. Yes. White House officials later said he was only promising USA to help Taiwan defend itself in the event of hostilities. But Chinese Foreign Minister spokesman Wang Wenbin also lashed out at the U.S. at a regular press meeting. So they lash out, they attack us, no big deal. See, we're provoking them. China says we're provoking them, and the Putin Xi wing of our political parties are saying we're provoking them too. They're preparing for war, ladies and gentlemen. They're preparing to take Taiwan. 
and they are creating such a military force, or they think they are, that they know Milley will go in and tell Biden that we're outgunned. That's what's going on here. That's exactly what's going on here. Meanwhile, China's top Uyghur region official, in a hack speech, quote, we must exercise firm control over religious believers, Breitbart points out. An audio transcript of a May 2017 meeting chaired by China's top Communist Party official in the country's western Xinjiang territory published two days ago by the BBC reveals the regional chief urged Zhejiang officials to, quote, exercise firm control over the religious community, unquote, referring to the largely Sunni Muslim, Turkic-speaking, Uyghur ethnic minority. Jin Quanzhou, who served as Communist Party Secretary of China's Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region, from 2016 to 2021, told attendees of a regional maintenance meeting that they must continue to exercise firm control over the religious community. I'm quoting, religious people must carry out the religious activities according to the law. This is a good test of their patriotism and love for their region at this time. The Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation describes the Jinjing police files as, quote, a major cache of speeches, images, documents, and spreadsheets obtained by a third party from confidential internal police networks. They provide a groundbreaking inside view of the nature and scale of Beijing's secretive campaign of interning between one to two million Uyghurs and other ethnic citizens in China's northwestern uh, Xinjiang region. China's ruling Communist Party has funneled Uyghurs and other Xinjiang ethnic minorities, such as Kazakhs and so forth, into state-run facilities. It's called vocational education and training centers. That is, concentration camps since 2017. So look, they're doing this. They've taken over Hong Kong. They've built fake islands in the middle of the South China Sea where half the world's resources and economic activity flows. They've done it in international, navigable waters, and now they claim that's all theirs. That's all theirs. Now they're trying to devour 10 tiny island nations to further control the area so they can strike, really effectively, Australia and New Zealand. And of course, they've made it abundantly clear that when they feel they're ready, they're going to attack militarily Taiwan. Japan has said they need to be told that that is a red line. Meanwhile, the inbred in North Korea has fired off missiles again, ICBMs, toward Japan. Without nuclear warheads, but he's making a point. He's making a point. Troubling, troubling times. Exactly the wrong man in the White House. Exactly the wrong people running Congress, quite frankly. 
exactly the wrong American media in place to focus on what needs to be focused on. These are uh, extraordinarily dangerous times, both within the country and outside the country. We're facing threats from within and outside. There's simply no question about it. And uh, these pieces of data that have been uh, hacked, you go online and look at it. This show isn't long enough, and I'm not able to show you pictures. You go online and look at it. It's extraordinarily brutal. Yes, destroying people, killing them, summary executions. What does that remind you of because of their ethnicity? Oh, raise your hand over there. Donnie Douche. What do you think, Donnie? I'll be right back. This is the best of the Mark Levin Show, where we honor our fallen heroes on this Memorial Day and every day. You have to ask yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, what happened to all the patriotic corporations? that would do anything to support this country during World War II. Where have they gone? What happened to all the patriotic athletes? Now, there's still some, but most of them aren't. The patriotic team owners, where have they gone? The patriotic sporting leagues, where are they? What am I talking about? I'm talking about these entities within the United States that have sold out their country, our country, for a buck. Now, in their cases, for billions of bucks. That would include Disney and NBC during the Olympics. That would include many broadcasters at ESPN. Where are all of them? We know for a fact that the communist Chinese regime has death camps and concentration camps. That they're slaughtering people summarily. Even people of color, by the way. Like the Uyghurs. You don't hear a damn thing. Nothing. Nothing. How about the corporatists in America? You're not allowed to call a guy he or a girl she or even use the word girl or he unless you're celebrating a historic she or he. You understand. These corporations that are selling us out to the communist Chinese are made up of the same mentality on their boards of directors and their executives as the propagandists who are tenured professors who taught them what they know, which isn't much, and much of the Democrat Party, and certainly much of the American media. The BBC... You have to watch the BBC to get all these details about what the communist Chinese are doing to these people. 
you won't see it at any length of time on the networks in America. You just won't. It is, it is a shocking, unconscionable betrayal of this country throughout our culture, throughout our politics. You want to talk about gun control? How about we talk about nuclear arms control? Does that raise any eyebrows around here? When the Biden administration is negotiating with the Iranian regime to ensure that they get their ICBMs with nuclear warheads and get it in record time. In fact, they may be breaking out before we even know it. Does that concern any any of the uh, gun control advocates that this administration is doing that? Apparently not. They never talk about it. They never raise it. God forbid you don't want to be attacked by LeBron James or any of the other sellouts of the communist Chinese. Washington Free Beacon. Iranian military leaders say they are, quote, ready for war, unquote, with Israel. So they just announced they're ready for war with Israel. And issued renewed threats to burn Tel Aviv to the ground very soon. According to comments made during a military demonstration in Tehran. Burn it to the ground with what, ladies and gentlemen? Nuclear weapons. Do we believe them? Why wouldn't we believe them? They're maniacs. They're lunatics. We are ready... For war, tells Zion, one unnamed speaker was quoted as saying during the May 20 military parade organized by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, the country's paramilitary fighting force that has murdered scores of Americans, writes our friend Adam Credo. No trace will be left of the demon. Not a single house will be left standing in Tel Aviv. What do you think they mean, folks? We will raise Haifa and Tel Aviv to the ground, said the speaker. According to a translation of the Farsi language by the Great Memory Institute, Middle East Media Research Institute, which tracks these people, the latest threat to launch a war against Israel, and that would be a nuclear war, comes as the Biden administration and Iranian government stand poised to ink a revamped version of the 2015 nuclear accord, which will provide Tehran with billions in cash windfalls and could unwind terror sanctions on the Republican Guard, Israel is one of the agreement's chief opponents and has pressured the Biden administration to keep the sanctions in place. And the crowds in attendance at the parade chanted death to America, of course. Iranian General Hossein Salami. He's full of baloney. The commander-in-chief issued thinly-veiled threats to attack Israel, quote, very soon, unquote. Quote, soon, and maybe very soon. You will pray in the place your heart desires today. He said all your wishes have become true with time. Rest assured that this big wish will also come true soon. And under the leadership of the leader of the Muslims, you will pray in the courtyard of the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Meanwhile... Yesterday, the Revolutionary Guard Quds Force commander, Ishmael Ghani, said the Hezbollah terror group, which is armed by Tehran and sits on Israel's northern border, is strengthening its terrorist forces. 
Israel is surrounded with its back to the sea. And Joe Biden and his administration are going to be arming Iran. Are going to be arming Iran. Effectively with nuclear weapons. Why don't Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer get together to discuss that one too? Iran's on the move against us. China's on the move against us. And we act like nothing's going on. I fear for our country. I fear for our kids and our grandkids. I really do. Everywhere you look. The grocery shelves, baby formula, elementary school children and what they're being indoctrinated with. Our news has become utterly and completely corrupt. The inability and in some cases unwillingness of school districts to do what they need to do to protect kids. Even if they fail, at least try. The murder rate throughout this country, the war on the cops, it goes on and on and on. The United States of the Democrat Party, you're living it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You're listening to the Memorial Day edition of the Best of the Mark Levin Show. And so we have this. And so we have this. Washington Free Beacon, a great site. I will likely be the only host in America to mention this. It's sad. I guarantee it won't be mentioned on any cable TV show tonight. California Republican goes full Ilhan Omar in anti-Semitic rant. Stick with me. Primary challenger Greg Raths, a Republican. California's upcoming primary elections could deliver Representative Ilhan Omar. We know she's a full-throated anti-Semite who hates this country. An unlikely foreign policy ally, a Republican. Named Greg Raths, R-A-T-H-S who last week said the Jewish community uses money to control U.S. politicians. It's like the mass killer in Buffalo. The Jews are behind everything. I'm so sick of this. I'm a Jew. I can tell you firsthand. We're not behind everything. Ras anti-Semitic rant came during a May 20 Orange County Islamic Foundation candidate forum. Surprise which saw the Republican claim that U.S. support for Israel is bought and paid for by the Jewish community. Rass, who is running against Republican Congresswoman Young Kim, who's actually quite good, in California's 40th Congressional District, and I will endorse her right now. I'm endorsing Congresswoman Young Kim in California's 40th Congressional District Republican primary. He also called to rein in U.S. foreign aid to Israel, a position he said he's able to support because he hasn't taken one dime from Jewish sources. You know, some of the most hostile people to Israel are Jews, Mr. Producer. Do you know that? 
Soros. I would say Schumer. That's the problem. Israeli pack in Washington. They got money, they got control, a lot of these politicians, he says. And the other side, the Palestinians, they don't have the clout. So these politicians go where the money is, unfortunately, Rath said. The Jewish community is very well organized in the United States. Look, there's lots of opposition within the Jewish community, whatever that means. And they control a lot of politicians. That's why the foreign aid is so large going to Israel. The Jewish community has never given me one dime. So I'm not beholden to them at all. So he echoes Omar, who in 2019 said U.S. support for Israel is all about the Benjamin babies. The $100 bills, obviously. Raths and Ilhan Omar now share the distinct honor of suggesting that Jewish Americans buy political influence, an age-old anti-Semitic stereotype. Folks, he says this in front of a Muslim group. We salute our armed forces, our police officers, our firefighters, and our emergency personnel. Good night, America! Good night, America! 